Do okay. we all know what we're doing? Let's yes. do it. Listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. And this time for our episode, we have another one question interview, which means we have somebody in studio with us. And it's always fun to have another Lutheran lady in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge to share in our um, joy outtakes, shenanigans, <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever happens in here. So Aaron, uh, I'm going to throw it to you and take it away. What are we talking about today and with whom? Well, today I have invited my friend Ellie. It's actually her full title is Deaconess Ellie Coro. It's not my friend Ellie because that would be a pretty cool that's title. I need a, a secondary car. title. She was a deaconess first. Oh, that's <laughs> fair. Then she was my friend. <laughs> Vocation. Actually, maybe not. No, you were you were commissioned first. Yes. You okay? Yes. Okay. Okay. I was yes. like, whoa, whoa, that would have been crazy. Okay. Time sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I sidetracked you. So Ellie, Ellie, and I work together in the Office of International Mission, and that's how that's how I met her and got to know her. But I wanted her to join me today because I wanted to talk about something that I think we don't really talk much about. Mm-hmm. And that is the topic of singleness. I and think you're right. Dun, dun, yeah. Dun. We don't so, talk about it much. Ellie, what should we be talking about with singleness that we just completely, there's just a big, <laughs> big silence, especially in the church on the topic. Fill it in now, just for to con- us. Just to confirm before you get started, Erin, yeah. you and Ellie are both single. Yeah, yeah. that's so, partly so, like, why you have I some street cred Ellie. on yes. this issue. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted, I you wanted didn't ask another. me. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, We're we did single. not, you know, do this as just a two-person episode. I, I think it's a conversation that should be had in the broader church. Because okay. mm-hmm. um, all of us but, were single at one point. Yeah, yeah. And some of us still are this and some is, of us still aren't. So, uh-huh. so ask a really easy, straightforward question. Just lobbing it out there. Just lobbing it out there. So so let's fill the silence here. Well, yeah, I think that, you know, there's a lot of movement to kind of laud and extol marriage, which of course is great and wonderful and everything else. But um, often forget that Paul talks about singleness in really kind of glowing terms and says, you know, I wish you all could be single like I am. It'd be great. Mm-hmm. And we we tend to forget that. And, you know, marriage kind of gets elevated um, and singleness becomes this thing that you need to fix mm-hmm. in your life. And it's like single is synonymous with not yet married. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The assumption that everybody's <laughs> on their way to marriage and that's or the should goal, be or should be. And yeah. if they're not on their way to marriage, something's either really wrong with them or they think that marriage is a terrible institution and they hate married people or you know, all of the above. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think I think what we failed to do is just, you know, support singleness as, you know, a valid vocation and a joyful vocation. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's easy. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think that this might be something that Lutheranism is kind of like uniquely um, sort of in in a posture of doing this because of 
Luther and Katie getting married all those years ago and sort of really fighting against this notion that single people were holier than the rest Mm. of the world because monks and nuns were all single. And so maybe we've swung it too far the other way. How do you see the history and our theology sort of like playing into this question? I don't think that we're unique in this. I think the accents are a little different. I think we're probably unique in you know, the book of Concord actually addresses Paul in, you know, 1 Corinthians 7 when he's talking about the gift of singleness. I don't know that there are a whole lot of other denominations that have pages and pages and pages about um, why why marriage <laughs> is a good like thing. Anything like we do, really. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> valid point. But I, I don't know that other denominations have spent so long actually wrestling with hey, marriage is a good thing and we should value it. And, you know, this this false idea of celibacy needs to be rejected is this, you know, vow that has inherent holiness attached to it. That said, I don't think we're unique in the way that marriage has been extolled as kind of the norm in that, you know, evangelicals struggle with this. If you kind of, you know, if you start searching, Googling, you know, the church and singleness, you're going to get all kinds of blogs from people across denominational spectrums that are talking about a lot of the same things and a lot of the same struggles, approaching it from different theological angles, but it's not a unique thing to Lutheranism. Speaking about this in our culture and the fact that Bree and me and Rachel, we were at one time single and are now not, but I know I grew up during the heyday of of purity culture um, and purity Mm. rings, and I am saving myself for marriage. And in that conversation, dating goodbye, dating goodbye, (laughs) fell in love with Jesus, right? Exactly. But in that in that scenario, in that mindset, there is no talk of singleness. Mm -hmm. It is. I am single now because I will be married later, mm-hmm. and that's where it ends. Yeah, How, yeah. And what is what has that done to us? <laughs> right. Well, I think we see some of this in the you know when we talk about the gift of singleness. Often people will kind of develop these two tracks where it's if you have any desire to be married at all, then you don't have the gift of singleness, and so you're destined for marriage. Mm-hmm. And there are these, you know, people will sort of say, hypothetically, there are these people that Jesus makes who just don't want to be married and don't ever want to be married. And those are the people that have the gift of singleness. Now, nobody's ever actually seen them in the wild, but supposedly <laughs> they exist because Paul tells us they exist. Um, and, I th- and I think that purity culture has exacerbated a lot of that because it's like, you know, unless you're like completely asexual, then you need to be getting married. Mm-hmm. And so there isn't any, there isn't a whole lot of helpful talk about chastity and self-control mm-hmm. and things like that, which is super odd because, you know, those are things that we all have to practice and we all have to practice mm-hmm. self-control throughout our lives. You don't just say, well, this is a thing that I want to do, so I'm going to just that's what I'm destined to do, and that's what Jesus wants for me. No, I mean, there's barriers on all of those things. I mean, even within marriage, I mean, obviously, you know, marriage isn't a free-for-all. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Just because um, you're married, you can't do whatever you want. Exactly. I mean, I'm not... Which is so, not something that we're taught either. No. Yeah. You still deal with the Sixth Commandment sexual issues even yeah, within the confines exactly. of marriage. Exactly. Thank then, you for phrasing it that way. I was trying to find a good way to phrase it. <laughs> wouldn't have a homeschooler alert. And I know that, <laughs> right, yeah. And I know that, I mean, when I got married, I did not, that didn't even cross my mind until yeah. I got married. And then I was like, wait a second. 
it's just different. Mm-hmm. I don't struggle with the same things, but there are definitely still struggles. Right. Yeah. And when when you're with a with, when you're with a partner or when you're with your spouse, I'm not going to say it's harder or that the implications are more significant, but like when it comes to the sixth commandment, you have another human you have a separate human being in that relationship mm-hmm. that when it comes to matters of of chastity and self-control you could hurt that person as right. much as yourself yeah well and i mean to your question too back to the purity culture thing something that just occurred to me is a lot of that talk was about saving yourself for your future husband mm-hmm. i mean that's right. what it was attached to it wasn't chastity for its own sake right it was chastity yeah. for the benefit of a hypothetical neighbor who mm-hmm. you don't even know exists mm-hmm. As opposed to for the benefit of yourself and for your actual neighbors. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. That's an, an angle of that that I had not considered. Yeah. Hmm. You you talked about how viewing this as the gift of singleness. And that's language that, again, don't usually hear. Mm-hmm. Nope. It is usually, we definitely talk about the gift of marriage, the gift <laughs> of children, mm-hmm. gift of all these things that most of the time we want. Mm-hmm. But... Don't usually talk about the gift of singleness. Why Why would you choose that language in particular? Well, it's Paul's word. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. a big fan of sticking to that Yeah, I'm a really big fan of sticking to things, <laughs> the language that Scripture uses. Uh-huh. Um, but I think in our kind of English way of thinking about it, we're thinking of Christmas Day and, mm-hmm. you know, it's awesome, good things that I've always wanted and this is great. And so we measure whether or not something is gift based upon how we feel about it. And mm-hmm. so instead of it being the gift being measured by the giver, our good and gracious Lord who desires good things for us, we're measuring it on the basis of this, but this is something I don't want right now. Mm-hmm. And so instead of seeing it as an opportunity to love and serve our neighbors, through this avenue, it's kind of this anger at God or feeling like you've fallen short somehow because you haven't achieved some, you know, this thing of marriage. Mm-hmm. Instead of embracing it and saying, okay, this is a thing the Lord has given to me, it doesn't have to mean I have to love every single second of it. I mean, marriage is a gift and I'm not married, <laughs> but I'm guessing that not all married people love every single second of being married. No way. Um, you know, chill with motherhood. I love I've you, got adolescent females in my house right now and I do not yeah. love every second. <laughs> every second I love you, man. Yeah. And, and I think because we're so, you know, on these sort of parallel tracks of you're either, you know, you either have the gift of singleness, which is viewed as sort of this this um, supernatural power to not want to be married, <laughs> which is super weird way to view it. I mean, yeah. it's like kind of put it in like speaking in tongues sort of category. <laughs> but I mean, Paul also talks about people having the gift of mercy and the gift of hospitality and the gift uh-huh. of service and teaching and things like that. All things that we can be sort of good at, things that we're maybe not super good at, we need to work on, but our avenues in which we can serve our neighbors, serve our churches, and everything else. So our singleness is a gift to ourselves in that it can focus us on God, because that's what Paul says, Mm -hmm. is because I'm single, I have, I'm not worried about the things of my household, Mm -hmm. the way the rest of you married folk are. 
uh, I get to focus on these one thing, this one thing. Mm-hmm. So I get to focus on caring and serving my neighbors that way. For for Aaron and and Ellie both, because I you know I married fairly young, started having kids fairly young. But I have friends, I have family members, cousins, sisters who either married later or haven't married at all. And I look back at some of the things that they've been able to do, both Mm -hmm. in terms of service and also in terms of adventure. Mm -hmm. And now when I talk to my own children about singleness as one possibility for their lives and one they may choose or they may have chosen for them, I sort of use these loved ones' experiences to sort of put put this option in perspective. For example, I have a cousin who's still single, about my age. Love her very much. Uh, she's never been married or had children. She would kind of like to, and you know, I support her in that. But then she's done a lot of things I haven't done because I was home changing diapers and cooking macaroni. She's been to Fiji. I have no. not. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, what in your experience, the two of you who are who are single? What are you thankful for that you've been able to do that you probably wouldn't have been able to do had you not been single? I don't know that it's necessarily that I wouldn't have been able to to do it, but it certainly there's less it's less complicated because I'm I'm the only one that I have to sort of figure out the the logistics for it. So I was able to I was able to serve as a volunteer missionary in Japan for three and a half years. Can certainly do that married as well, but it does just complicate things a little bit more as far as placement goes and things like that. I've been able to travel to many, many places. Uh, <laughs> some on vacation, some for work, and I have I have married friends at work who also travel, but it is more complicated, especially if they have families and things like that to to try and figure out all of the the childcare side of things. I have hobbies. <laughs> as near yeah, as I, I can tell, <laughs> a lot of a lot of my friends who have families, their their hobby is right now their kids. And yeah. that's great. I have free time, so I <laughs> You get to I, make your own clothes. I get oh, to no. sew, which is so amazing. cool. And knit and yeah. you know, read books all the time. Things, yeah. reading. Uh, make your exactly. walls sweat. I mean, <laughs> make a giant pot of soup and stuff. <laughs> I was wondering yeah. why walls were sweating. It's a whole yeah, story. That was a, that it was, was a, a saga pot of soup week. on the, the stove. soup saga. It was really, really humid in my house. <laughs> Cold outside. It was amazing. So, saga. yeah, I've got. I do have that that sort of freedom. If there is something that I want to be to be able to do, then I only have to look at my own schedule to to figure out if I can if I can make that happen and want to devote my time to that, uh, which is which is great. I'm a little more restricted, a lot more restricted, because I'm a single mom as well. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like I can just say, hey, I'm going to go do this. But the freedom aspect, I mean, you know, choosing to be a deaconess and, you know, considering a call and saying, do I want to accept this call or not, as opposed to, you know, there's there's more people to factor into the equation and more things that need to happen in order for me to do what I want to do and feel like I'm called to do. It's it's. This is going to sound terribly selfish. <laughs> we're, S- we're, we're a safe space. Are, single piece. <laughs> single people are often accused of being selfish, but I'm I'm really close to my parents, mm. and 
I'm super glad that I don't have to trade off on in-law Christmases mm. and Thanksgivings and stuff that's really like that. Tough. I mean, that's really understandable. I, I, I you know, my parents were, were a military really family, and so we we have all kinds of super ingrained traditions, and we do the exact same thing every year for Christmas and the exact <laughs> same thing every year for Thanksgiving. You taking notes, Rachel? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, part of our family liturgy, if you will, and and I would be so bummed out if it was like, well, no, this year we're, you know, we're going to George's family and I really don't like his mom, but mm, yay, happy Christmas, everyone. You know, <laughs> I don't have to deal with that. That's it's, a great yeah. me impression, by the way. <laughs> 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 <In-laws>. <laughs> and I'm sure there would be a lot of great Christian growth to be found in, you know, dealing with in-laws, but... The Lord hasn't given me that place to grow. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm super okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you you brought up the being accused of selfishness. Because one of the questions that I have, I'm not sure if you've ever been approached about this or if you've ever thought about this, but within Lutheran culture, I, I mean, we've we've heard sayings that People's life choices when they marry, whether they choose to have kids, etc., are potentially affecting growth in the church. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. do you say to that per- to a person with that kind of mindset that it's it's sort of this duty to go forth and multiply? <laughs> <laughs> Another softball just lobbed yeah, to you. There you go. <laughs> how, how can, wind it up. How can I answer this without getting into trouble? Oh man. <laughs> Oh, that's the thing is, is Jesus grows the church Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. through his word and sacraments. And he's promised to do that. He's promised to sustain it. So it's not really on me to assume church growth that way. I mean, that's not that's not what I've been given anyway. I don't have a husband. I mean, so what do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm under the impression that people sort of see having children as the end game and uh-huh. marriage is basically you got to get married before you have kids. Uh-huh. Well, it's a means to an end. I right. Think, I think you're completely right. There is that pressure and I sort of assumes, first of all, that all your children are going to remain in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen the statistics on that and a lot of us are scared to death, you know, who our parents are like. How do I keep my children in the church? And so that's a constant thing that we're fighting is what does the latest study show so that I can make sure that my kids stay baptized? Because goodness knows if they go to a public school, they might get unbaptized. Mm. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how it works, but okay. (laughs) The homeschooler down here is just hiding behind her. uh, It's okay. (laughs) I still love you, Rachel. (laughs) But... It's interesting because I often wonder if that is a decision that's made at the exclusion of talking to your physical neighbors, like Mm -hmm. going next door and talking to them and developing a relationship with them and saying, hey, would you like to come to church with me sometime? Mm -hmm. That's a whole lot harder in a lot of ways to live that way and to meet people who aren't like you. I mean, we all like to be in our little enclaves of people who are just like us. And if anything, the church should be the one place we're at every week that is full of people who are nothing like us. I mean, this is revelation, right? Tribes and nations and everything else. Mm -hmm. There ought to be a lot of diversity in our churches. And this is another ramp for probably another day. But 
um, I wonder if it's a way to just be safe and have everybody kind of like us because mm. they're all our families mm-hmm. and they're other families that are like us. Right. And we're all together in kind of our collective group as opposed to saying, hey, I don't know that person at all. And, you know, I want to get to know them better. They live across the street from me and I've lived here for six years and I don't even know their name. That's a lot harder. I speak for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. challenging myself here a little bit, yeah. too. Well, and I, I hope that we're not going to put a dichotomy between no. having children and evangelism. Because yeah, I'll absolutely. tell you, my yeah. children yeah. are much better evangelists than I am. That And that's, it's, you know, little, yeah. small people are fearless when it comes. I, I watched a the child of a friend of mine yesterday invite a shop clerk to church on Sunday. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> so I, yes. but I see, I, I agree with you totally that putting the burden on, uh, well, women especially yeah. to get married and have children so that the church doesn't die is, I, I think that's probably unhelpful, but I think it's a misunderstanding of some, you know, of the data that have come down to us and, and one one measure of our panic. But I also would love to thank each one of you as as a mother for your efforts toward my young people's uh, retention rate in the church. <laughs> because I think that single people especially, um, and also childless people, have a role to play in nurturing children in the church, even yeah. if you don't have your own. Amen. I think Amen. of my children, my, my small daughter Emma's relationship with Brie, who is, <laughs> she's your biggest fan, Brie, and you Besties. know this. But you've been such an encouragement to her. Yeah. And I see that in each of you ladies have taken time and opportunity to encourage the young people in their in your churches. And that's so valuable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Well, you know, I think you hit on it too, Rachel. As Christians, all people do strange things when they're panicking. And, <laughs> yeah. and Christians aren't yep. exempt from this. And I think because of the demographic challenge that we're all in, I mean, the fact is, you know, we're kind of coming off the baby boom, which is sort of an anomaly anyway. That's why it's mm-hmm. called the baby boom of, you know, people having larger families. And then, you know, things just culture has changed. We're feeling that fear, fear feeds into that. And it's like, well, you know, this is this is a really easy, obvious way to tackle it. And I think it's born out of good intentions. And I think that people who have large families are amazing. Mm-hmm. And I don't even mean I seriously no condescension patronizing i couldn't homeschool <laughs> i know i couldn't <laughs> i barely can <laughs> i'd have i'd have kids duct taped to the wall if i tried to homeschool it's, it just it would not be good and i am i am in awe of i know so many women who do it well mm-hmm. and do an amazing job and i know that those aren't my gifts and so maybe that's why the lord hasn't asked me to do that <laughs> It seems apparent. I went to a Concordia. Me too. Sarah went to a Concordia. There is culture. And I think that there is a pressure mm-hmm. at that in that environment to sort of matriculate with your what is called MRS the MRS degree. degree. I uh. definitely went I legit did that. I went to a Concordia with intention right. of finding so, a husband. So it, it became it was almost like a 
a challenge for some people to say, I'm going to graduate without my MRS. I'm going to graduate without a ring. Like Mm -hmm. it was it was at the point of like there was a counterculture against it. There was like a movement Mm -hmm. against it. Are you sharing a hymnal in chapel yet? Right. I saw you walking in front of the pillars. (laughs) Actually, my husband proposed to me in front of the pillars at Concordia University. That's adorable. Uh, My husband proposed to me in the dorm. So oh, that's romantic. Actually, he didn't propose. We just decided to get married. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) Hey, cool. We should probably just do this. So it went down anyway. (laughs) I love knowing (laughs) knowing that there are people. In life, I mean, this is this is sort of new to me. This whole like singleness as a gift thing, <laughs> people embracing their their singleness that they're not miserable because they're you know they're not married, they're not tied down yet. What can what can I do as someone who is married who doesn't necessarily cannot necessarily grasp this whole singleness as a gift thing yet? How can how can people like me support you? What are ways that that people who are not single can can support you? What are things that you maybe are lacking or would like to see or would like to feel supported in a certain way from somebody who's not single or who maybe doesn't understand singleness as a gift? Like what how can we better support people with this mindset? You know, I was thinking the other day that singles ministries and churches are almost exclusively about matchups and meetups like that's the reason they exist Mm -hmm. i was like wouldn't it be cool if singles ministry was actually to support single people in being single imagine that imagine that not that you've taken this lifelong vow of vow of celibacy but hey maybe you could use some support and maybe some encouragement and you know talking that through because it's not as if i woke up and said you know what i never want to get married i it wasn't a choice that I consciously made, you know, probably, yeah, I mean, I was I was probably in my late 20s, and that largely had to do with raising my son. Mm-hmm. And so it's not as if I went through life just planning to be single. Right. Well, I mean, and, and reaching contentment with that has been a process. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not as if I just got zapped with these supernatural powers to just be okay with it. But Paul, you know, Paul tells us to be content in all things. Right. So I think all of us as Christians are kind of working on our contentment together mm-hmm. in our lives. And I, I wonder if we're not super well served in kind of having the singles category and the married category. Because really, you know, a married couple that is a Christian couple that is, you know, living their lives in prayer and faith has much more in common with a single person who's also living their life in prayer and faith and sanctifying all things by the word of God than somebody who is also single but is full on hedonism, maybe, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I'm not a fan of the separation thing. Sure. And I realized I completely, like, Skipped over your question about no, how to because as you as <laughs> you're speaking about it, because as I was I was trying to form this question is yeah, do we treat you like special or I mean, I, do you <laughs> you probably still have people coming up to you and being like, hey, there's this dude I met uh, the other day. I bet uh, you guys should like matchmaker make me a match uh, kind of stuff like that. I'm sure well, that drives you up the wall. Yeah, it, it, less of it now. Um, it used to be a lot. In fact, when I took the job here, there were 
several people that were like, oh, there's lots of great single Lutheran men in St. Louis. Oh, like, man. that was the reason I was moving here. Right. It was like, that was my goal in life. Um, <laughs> the fields are white for harvest, but, Ellie. But, you know, I think, I think the things... <laughs> You know, the things that I think single people can kind of struggle with a lot is, you know, loneliness is an obvious thing. Mm -hmm. And often things in churches are geared towards families. Mm -hmm. I mean, even family retreats and the language of family all the time. And when it's just you, it's like, okay, where do I fit in with all of this? Yeah, that's what I was actually going to add is that that's something that I think I tend to struggle with more and I've I've gotten better at it like mm-hmm. you said I've sort of learned and grown in that but that wasn't I mean I didn't also did not that wasn't my childhood my dream mm-hmm. my childhood I always figured I was going to grow up and get married and have a family that was that was what it's I what figured mm-hmm. yeah exactly and so also that that process of growing in contentment but I've had I've had people through the years who who have commented and it's true to an extent but they're like oh it's so nice that you don't have to when when you go home at night you can just relax and that's it is true i can do that <laughs> but i'm like the the people who are telling me this are usually the ones who who have with family and they have they have spouse and kids at home and i'm like i have to work harder mm-hmm. to be able to have those that personal relationship because I'm at work. I mean, you you get a little bit of that at yeah. work. I mean, here we're at work and we're we're having some good personal conversations <laughs> yeah, here right, right now. <laughs> yeah. But um, I have to really try and seek that out. And families do tend to spend time together, which is great. Yeah. But I treasure those opportunities when I am able to to just hang out and spend time with people where it's not always me asking for it yeah um, and asking to be included sort of thing uh it's an it's an odd dynamic that people just it's natural for families to sort of form family friendships because there's often a lot of matching up they're like oh the wife and the wife the husband and the husband the kids and the kids Mm -hmm. uh and i don't i don't fit into i don't i don't match with that group but I still like it when I get to be part of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and there's sort of a line, too, where it's, and this this is just me being fussy, is it's like sometimes people feel like you must be lonely all the time. Mm-hmm. And so you always need to be with people and invited to things, like, constantly. Right. And True. And people are like, what do you mean, you know, you just went home and walked your dogs and read a book and, you know, that must be terribly lonely. And it's like... Not all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, yeah, it is. It's nice to be invited to things. It's nice to be included in things. And nice to be included in things because people want you there, not because they feel sorry for you. <laughs> it's not a pity party. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's not a pity You're invitation. satisfying some demographic or yeah. something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Token single. Uh, Love yeah. it. Love yeah. it. <laughs> and as the full on single with, with no trailing... Yeah trailing children <laughs> like, I can I'm usually pretty able to last minute say yes to things yes. if I don't have plans I'm like yeah I'll do that yeah. sure uh, and I get that that's harder for for families I know they often have it it does it gets more complicated yeah. but I can do the last minute stuff 
Yeah. And then are you going to do a kid-friendly thing? Or are you going to work out childcare and everything yeah. else? But yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah. let's go like, do it. Sure. Yeah. One last question, if I can. Being now a military uh, wife, which I, I wasn't for a lot of my marriage... <laughs> I'm facing lots of times of temporary singleness, yes. including right at this moment. Yes. So I'm keen to hear from you single ladies, <laughs> how do I make the most of this? You know, because a lot of people may be married at some point or, and find themselves, you know, in a deployment situation or find themselves suddenly unmarried. I think about all the, the widows in our mm-hmm. churches and, and people who have been through divorce, mm-hmm. you know, that this, again, this wasn't what they planned, but oh, look, here we are. What advice do you have, you two who are actually make being single look really classy and fun? And <laughs> <laughs> how, how can I make the most of this season in my life where it's just me for a while? Oh, what a big question. Yeah. <laughs> All of the insider info. Well, you know, I think in terms of, I'll be the deaconess and talk about self-care, is I think you need to know yourself and know kind of, you know, what, we were talking, Aaron and I were talking about a minute ago is, you know, it's like, I need to get out of the house and I need to take the kids and I need to be with other families right now. And I would assume you have the benefit of other spouses that are in a similar boat. Thankfully, yeah. Yes. (laughs) And spend time with them in that support. But also, it's like super okay to have those moments of, you know what? Daddy hates it when we have this for dinner. We all love it. So it's what we're going to do. Um, I know, like I said, when um, my parents were in the military and when my dad was deployed, for my mom and I, a big thing was breakfast for dinner. Because my dad just thinks breakfast for dinner is just the worst thing. Wow. It's not a thing. It's, that's not dinner. And so <laughs> it was mom and I always had like cool dinners and we would sort of break the rules in fun ways with each other, you know, whether it was getting a frozen pizza. And it sounds silly, but, I mean, we were always, you know, those were the little things that made it fun because it was a little bit of just the special thing that happened when it was just the two of us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's okay to find those things that are just the special thing that you enjoy in these times and you and you and your children as well. I mean, what what's what's the thing that is your special time? I, I don't know what that would be for your family, but uh, you're kind of smiling knowingly. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, oh, I have some ideas. So focus, I guess, in, in all things, focus not on what you can't do, mm-hmm. but focus on what you can do, what you're free to do mm-hmm. that you wouldn't otherwise be quite as free to do. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean, the whole, like, growing in contentment uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. and not, not looking at what you wish, but instead looking at what what is. is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and there's gift in all those things. Yeah. I'm sorry. I no, no, it's okay. To you. In everything, there's things that aren't perfect, that aren't right. There's things that you would change, but you can't go through life saying, "Hey, this 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 part's broken, and this part's not exactly how I wish it was." Every you know, there's there, there's good in those things that aren't maybe exactly perfect, but the Lord is blessing us even even through that and looking for those places where. This is a little blessing that I wasn't expecting to have and finding that, finding that contentment in it. Yeah. The freedom. (laughs) Yeah. That's the wrong thing to say. (laughs) Well, I think so much of this. I do miss him. Yeah, of course you do. (laughs) But, you know, having things that you enjoy 
while you're, it doesn't mean that you don't miss him. Yeah. I mean, the, the, those things aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can, it can be both at the same time. Yeah. And I mean, it's like I can be content being single and still be like, oh, it's not the life I would have picked for myself. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a lot of gratitude for what I have. Yeah. So much of this comes back to contentment. I don't know. We should count how many times we have said that word in the last um, 40 minutes. Um, but also uh, vocation, where we are, where where God vocation. has placed us. <laughs> <laughs> where God has placed us to to serve our neighbors in whatever situations we're in. So, yeah. well, Ellie, it has been a, a joy. It's been super fun having yes. you in studio with us. We thank love having you. people. So thanks thank for joining you. us, taking a lot of your time out welcome. of your day to to talk with us about <laughs> singleness. We'll have to have you back because there's like a million uh, other questions that we could oh, ask yeah. you. Oh, uh, see, I keep digging myself a hole. Here. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> we we going, do girl. that regularly. <laughs> <laughs> Send all the hate mail to sarah.gulsa at KFUO. It's true. Uh, well, ladies in, in Lutheran thank Ladies Lounge much. podcast. Uh, yes, thank you, Ellie. Thanks for uh, for listening to this episode. Uh, maybe you have some, some of your own thoughts, your own insights. We'd love to hear them in our Facebook group. Uh, if you're not in it already, go find us on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. You can always find our episodes at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Or if you have a favorite podcast player, of course, you can just search for us. We're there. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Aaron. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at KFUO.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge.